the real estate agent, the selling agent, the developer, everyone is in it. And the developer's best interest is to not sell, right? And so typically in a booming market, it would always work. But in a market like today, when the market readjusts, you can see valuations coming in short. People are super smart when it comes to scamming people. Because yes, you're just proven to the client that, hey, you didn't pay anything to us. The builder, we got you a discount for $20,000. But did you really? Or did you just jacked up the price by 20 and just dropped it back? Today's topic is all about different schemes, property educators, property investment advisors, and a lot of people like, you know, property developers, you know, various different people play into the scam to mom and dad investors basically going out there for their hard-earned money, blood and sweat, tears, you know, taking them to basically the cleaners, right? You know, in a lot of cases. And so basically that's what we are going to talk about. We're going to split it into three parts because I love like a bit of structure, right? Because there is so much to talk about. And we, we, we need a 10 hour part. Yeah, I think so. So the first one is, of course, you know, property educators, right? We'll talk about that in a lot more detail. We talk about property investment advisors, buyers, agents, everyone in that mix. And then the third one is typically the courses, right? So there is educators who are different to like, you know, educators like as in coaches and mentors, right? Then you have real estate courses, then you have property developers, and then you have property investment advisors. So stay tuned till the very end. And uh, well, there's a, lot, a of, lot of people. <laughs> there would be a lot of interesting stories that we would share. We will try really, really hard to not call any names. And look, you know, this episode is not about trashing any person's business. I know everyone is trying to make a, a buck, but ultimately there is enough money on the table to not rip people off, right? Yes. Ultimately, that's what real estate has become. Unfortunately, because of it being such a highly unregulated market, you see every person in their dog basically pretending to be you know, high flyers, standing to a Maserati, walking out of the airplane or pretending to be poor. And basically just talking the game, right? You know, it's, it's both ends, you know, from the cycle, right? It's also a very forgiving market, right? Yes. So even if you get a mistake, even if you make a mistake in the property industry, it's not a significantly bad situation, even though you leverage 80, 90%. Yeah. Of course, most stuff, not all the time, but compared to the stock market where you could lose a lot of money in real estate, if you make a bad decision, it's, it's not necessarily going to lose all your capital. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I think that's all. That's why it's so prolific with scam. Yes, yes, right? they because they can get away with it yes. basically without getting a scratch and make a shit ton of the money you know, while creating a name, having all these Google reviews, and still you know no one you know being called out around this, right? And it's it's interesting space. Let's start with the education space, right? I find out you know my sort of biggest feedback to the educators who are out there, property mentors, educators are. Preach what you practice, right? Typically, right? Yes. You know, whatever you are preaching, just practice it yourself. Why are you not practicing what you're preaching? A lot of these educators, they talk about developments. They talk about buy and hold strategies. They talk about duplexes, but they do the complete opposite, right? Yes. And that's where my sort of frustration comes in that there are people who are selling courses, who are influencing people out there, but typically, and, and asking or showing people how to buy properties not without buyers, agents, or all of these taglines, you know, trying to diminish what other people are trying to do. But ultimately what they're doing is 
you know, they are playing in the development space and they're not really asking people to come in and play in the development space. And it's, it's so like uh, uh, cringing, right? Do as I say, not as I do, right? That's 100%. 100%. And so there is a lot that happens in this in this arena, right? You know, when a real person talks about it, right? Well, I, it's interesting. There's a person who, a mutual friend of ours, I won't name names. I've seen him. Uh, I can say him because that, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can tell you about his identity. I've seen him literally copy word for word what I've said to him in real life and put it on Facebook and claim that's his own content, saying, if you do it this way, you'll, you'll invest safely in a particular market. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I told you that last week. <laughs> So, so at least credit where you're getting that information from. It's almost as bad as that guy copied your whole website. I know, right? I mean, people have no brains, right? It's it's an interesting one. And for people who are listening and watching us, you know, it's out there on Facebook as well that, you know, people just don't think, you know, because they are copying other influences, you know, this particular person basically copied, you know, our ebook, our website, our landing pages and, you know, forgot to change my name and just put his picture there. And I was like, hello. I was like, Mosin, when did you get a facelift? Yeah. Uh, or Rutula, right? And, you know, went from brown to being a white person, right? I think, hello. The adulteries, right? Actually, I, I found a website, actually, while we were on there. I was at a, I was at a um, very powerful event, actually. Uh, uh, those that are Indian by descent, they may know Chetan Bhagat. He's the writer of the books that turn into the movies Three Idiots in Two States and a whole heap of other movies that are, that, you know, everyone around the world now knows, right? Yeah. And it was sponsored by a company that claims to do SDA development. And I know them first, without telling you who they are, let's just say there's been other parts of the property industry they've been banned from operating in, and they've now started up an SDA company. And I was looking at their website. I was trying to find it on my phone. Their website still said Lorem Ipso Dollar, like the standard, you know, website <laughs> thing. And they had a photo of the CEO, a sky at. And it wasn't the actual CEO because I know the company. Yeah. Where did they get this from? Then it said, you know, some like Chris Grant or whatever, like the name was. It wasn't Chris Grant, but it said Chris Grant. I'm like, that's not the CEO. Then the photo next to theirs of another young guy going, so, you know, side supervisor, Chris Grant. <laughs> another, so the uh, accounts manager, Chris Grant. They're all Chris Grant. Chris, all too many Chris Individual <laughs> different people. Like, look, if you're going to do a scam, at least do a proper website. <laughs> That's very true. And if you are an influencer and there is 10,000 or 15,000 people following you or 30,000 people following you, right? And you name a suburb, you know, and you've created a lot of validation within your pace and you name a suburb, you come out there in honest intention, you name a suburb saying, hey, go out there, invest in this suburb. Even if 50 people go out there and invest in that suburb and they pay $1,000 extra for every property that they're going to acquire, Typically, that's going to move the median by $50,000. And that's your 15% growth right there in that particular suburb, right? Isn't that what house and land, that's what land developers do, right? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Should we talk about that? I know we're not on that. Okay. Yeah. Should we talk about how land developers actually bump up the price of every, every land? Yeah. And that's exactly the concept, right? I think the stage development basically, you know, happens that way. And we'll talk about that. But the point that I'm trying to make is for people to understand that you know, don't just follow people for the sake of following. You know, mm -hmm. don't just follow. You can ultimately, the property game is a medium to a long-term game, right? It's not just about that first bump that you're going to get. 
And a lot of people who have been following will tell you this, right? Religiously, property at a 10-year tenure or a 20-year tenure remains pretty stable. It doesn't change, right? You know, five and a half, six percent growth is what basically yeah. gets delivered, right? And so that 15% growth at the start is basically because of a lot of these people jumping in into a no-known suburb mm. that they would jump in because, you know, someone has mentioned that suburb out in the open, right? Well, there's a book, now infamous book, right? It's How to Lie with Statistics. I was reading it when it was getting interviewed about all this uh, uh, virus stuff that was around, right? And it was uh, the people read into one of the books that was on his bookshelf was How to Lie with Statistics. And that's it's true because you can find statistics for anything you want. You can get data to support any piece of information. Definitely. Right? Definitely. People say follow the science. That yeah. was the thing. Well, Statistics is science, right? So mm. you could make up statistics about anything. Definitely. It, you don't even need to make up. You just need to find statistics to support it and omit yeah. the stuff that doesn't. Definitely. And that's why it's important to do the research on who is guiding you. Yeah. Right? I think that's really important. Definitely. And look, I mean, I always say to people that, you know, what was this person doing 10 years ago, 15 mm. years ago, right? Yeah. You need to understand, have they seen multiple property cycles, right? And we'll talk about how to identify some of these decams. I think that's the, the crux of the story. And they would keep it to the very end as to, okay, what are the red flags that you need to catch at the start of the conversation, right? But ultimately, because the market is so unregulated around this, that, you know, people tend to basically go in that space, right? I've seen, you know, course educators getting kickbacks from brokers and buyers agents, yes. right? And typically what they're doing is they're acting as buyers agents to work for we will fill you in on that later. But, you know, that's that's what they're doing, right? They are acting as a buyer's agent because ultimately what they're doing, hey, Goro, go invest in this area and these are the things that you need to look for. And if you can't find the area, I'll tell you. And you go out there and basically buy. And so basically they are acting as a buyer's agent without having a license in place. And so I strongly feel that this market needs to be regulated so that a lot of these people can come under some sort of compliance so that, you know, there is a much more, and there are people doing good stuff in this space as well, you know, mind you, you know, it's not that everyone is bad, you know, we are trying to portray that everyone is bad, you know, we are trying to chalk it up with the, with the same chalk for everyone. And so if, if it's a regulated industry, typically you would see that, you know, people wouldn't do this. You know, I've seen property developers selling development courses who don't do developments, right? It's, it's just like, it's, it's frustrating, right? That, you know, from their perspective, their business model is basically this. You know, one of the episodes that I did with Cheryl the other day was where we talked about, well, for development, cash flow is really, really important and you need to have the cash flow in place. And for these people, selling education is their cash flow, yes. right? They have created a cash cow for themselves to do developments if they're doing developments. So it's if important if, they're doing if they are doing developments, right? And so typically you need to think about some of these things as well. And that's why you see all of these new courses popping up everywhere, you know, every day of the week, you know, yes. where people are trying to, you know, milk the cow. You, know? you mean these 20-year-old successful property investors? Yes, yes, yeah, 27, 22 Look at me, I make a million dollars, you know, and I'm 21 years old. And I was like, you're still in your diapers, my friend. Like, come on. Like, you know. Well, until you're 25, your brain hasn't even fully formed, you know. But it's, it's, it's so interesting just to see uh, those that have become rich off the last cycle. Yes. Claiming that they're property experts. 100%.
And it's, it's funny, I think I saw one ad the other day, literally a 25-year-old, claiming people to hand him the money to do developments. And I was like, this is a disaster. This is a disaster. Even I am not confident to ask people to give me the money, right? I shake in my boots, you know, I lose my sleep sometimes. And, you know, for people who are listening to me, and even if they are my clients, you know, they'll vouch for a lot of these things that, you know, it's, it's, if it was walk in the park, everyone would be doing it, right? Yes, if it was easy, everyone would. Right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not. And so let's pivot this to house and land packages and developers. I'll let you take the lead on that. You know, let's talk a bit about what do land developers do and how does that scam works? Well, land developers, uh, this is also why I don't like buying land early on, even though I would have made a <laughs> The way land developers work is that they get a piece of farmland, they get it rezoned, and before they actually get it rezoned from farmland to, say, a 100, 100 block site, they'll pre-sell some of it. Right at a at what they call a discounted price, which is the actual market price at that time. That's a discounted <laughs> price. Then what they'll do, and this is the the only reason this works, because every land developer does this at the same time. So if you're buying in, say, the western suburbs in Werribee, then the land developer next to you is doing exactly the same thing. Is that they say, okay, great, next stage, which we'll release in say a month's time, we're going to bump up the price by five k, and next stage we're going to bump up the price by another five k. Effectively, the people that bought in early stages make some money. However, when the development's gone out of that area, the steam runs out of that yeah. area. Yeah. And that's the biggest challenge with doing that. But also, the bigger challenge is, they may say it takes 18 months for your property to get out, your title to get handed to you. There's no way that's happening. You and I have seen deals that go, I'll be handed over in the next two months. Eight months later, it still hasn't been. 100%. And look, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect scam, right? Because everyone is in it, right? Yes. The real estate agent, the selling agent, the developer, everyone is in it. And the developer's best interest is to not sell, right? And so typically, you know, in a booming market, it would always work. But in a market like today, when the market readjusts, you know, you can see valuations coming in short. I have a client who bought a land, you know, on their own somewhere in Micklem in Victoria. The, the land valuation came short by almost $30,000, right? Doesn't surprise me. There's yeah. so much overdevelopment up there. Hundred percent. And you know, people don't realize, right? You know, and, and I always say, and I've said this before as well, that when you talk about house and land packages, typically, when you're doing it in the growth cycle, yes, you'll catch up the money, but you never know when this cycle is going to end. And so, for people who have never seen this cycle end, they'll always think that this is the new normal, and they'll still keep going, and you know, keep. It, it, Buy like five, ten blocks at the same time. Hundred percent. Those stories over right? risk, right? Uh, or you know, you're basically extending yourself. You know, I know this one particular person. You know, who bought like twenty of them mm -hmm. at ten thousand or twenty thousand deposit each, and he's like, "Oh, I have two hundred thousand dollars sitting there. Why would I go buy one house? I'll just put twenty k on ten of these lots." And I think he got like ten k on twenty of these lots. Ended up settling one, losing everything else because you know the market went backwards, right? And you know, typically this is what happens. You know, this is what a normal market looks like. This is what markets does. These are what the cycle does. You know, no one can scam the cycle. Yes. Right? That's the most important thing. And people think that, okay, I can scam the cycle. And there are people, right? You know, I, I kid you not, I see people who scam this and they come out and they're lucky. They're the, and then they pretend that they, they con the market. They pretend that they know it all. They are the fig jams. You know, I, I call them fig jams. Fig jam is like, Fuck, I'm good. Just ask me, right? So they're the fig jams of the property market, right? They'd be like, just ask me. I'm the property guru. 
I'm the you know yeah. next best best thing to Elon Musk. You know, I'm the best thing to next best thing than you know water. Yeah, barbecue experts. <laughs> yeah, called, probably. Right? Yeah, barbecue. They're, they're experts at everyone's barbecue. Yeah, and so you know, if you listen to these people, of course, you know that's the the perfect scam. Everyone is yes. in that. You know, when you talk about house and land, and so typically you see companies who are selling duplexes or development sites. They are playing into this scam as well, typically, right? They are asking you to buy the land, build it, play on the growth side. They'll deliver you a good story, but then next thing you know, the market readjusts, and then you know you have two products or two stock that you have done with, and then you, and they are losing shit ton of money there. Yes, and look, full disclosure, I fell for this one, and I, when I first, even before I first started my business, I fell for this, and I actually sold some of these in Toowoomba. This is a moment of vulnerability where, you know, I admit that it could have been, I mean, sure, right now, everything's relatively good. But at that time, it took about 10 years for them to recoup their money because the builder ended up going bankrupt halfway. At the end, didn't pay the headwork fees. So not only were they left with no equity, but they were left with paying the council headwork fees to subdivide the blocks. And anyone says that any... In my experience, anyone that says they can subdivide the block and make instant equity through duplex, it's it's not a true development, yeah. right? I think a lot of people think that building a single house or building a normal duplex is a true development. You know, I, I say this in all honesty that just because you can subdivide the block or you can build two there, that does not mean that you should do it. You know, does not create equity for developments to work. There needs to be a price discrepancy. Yeah. The price discrepancy that the retail price of the land and the wholesale price of the land needs to be distinctive, very, very far between the two. And so what you're doing is you're buying that land at wholesale, subdividing it, and the retail product needs to be a lot more expensive for the numbers to work. It's, it's funny. I was looking at one of these deals where, you know, probably about a year or two years ago, right? And this client it came to me and said, look, look at this on paper, looks really well. And I said to him, he hasn't accounted for GST. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, your exit strategy is sell, right? You're not going to hold them. You sell them, you're going to pay at least $100,000, $150,000 worth of GST on this. You can't get out of this. And he's like, oh, but you know, I'm doing it in my personal profile. It's like, no, brand new properties, if you sell within the first five years, you have to pay GST on them. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, well, that, go that goes away your profit. This is it, right? So where is the profit? There is no profit in the deal. He's like, oh, but I can claim it. And I was like, didn't you just told me that it's in your personal profile? And so there is a lot of these tricky bits that people don't realize and understand. And they get into this thinking that, oh, just because this person has done it in a growing market, it would work for me. Mm. But it doesn't, you know. So it's, it's very interesting. Another one is, and I've come across this very recently, where this person was selling house and land packages with zero dollar deposit so they said i don't need to any money from you can i buy a few i <laughs> know i was like this is good too good to be true right and so i called that person i was like this sounds like amazing like on paper like anyone would you know bite into this right and so this is what his story was he's like you don't pay us anything you don't have to pay anything you just sign the contract the house is yours but you have to select it from our list of products and i was like so what's the catch and he's like, so what happens is we would hold 20% of your property as equity. And so when it grows up in value, then you will refinance it and as pay, pay as out. And I was like, oh, so 
wait a minute, I now understand what you're trying to do. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, okay, so there is a house which is worth, say, 500. You're selling it probably for 600, so that's the 20%. You're getting that kickback back from the, the, the builder for an extra $100,000. You are still holding my property ransom for an extra 20%. And so typically you're making 40%. And so while you are taking me to the bank to get the loan, you're paying that 20% that's already built up in the price. And so why do you need an extra 20% from my property? And he's like, oh, but, you know, no, no, you're confusing this way too much and this is not how it's supposed to work. And I was like, no, I understand this gap. It's amazing that, you know, you have thought so logically through that you can get people to buy this. But like, I can see so many homeowners desperate enough to basically fall into this mix, right? That, you know, they'll think about it. They'd be like, well, yeah, this, this is amazing. You know, I don't have to pay anything to these people. And um, I'll buy one of their stock product right now uh, in a whoop whoop somewhere. Yes. Um, and all I have to do is just offer them 20% of my equity share within the property. Along those lines, you know, talking about people that really do a good quality scam that looks, looks really good is these going back to almost a little bit to these educated. So... The original property scam in this next part, you'll probably need to be beeped out, uh, was Henry K. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, <laughs> and his scam was really simple. And then there was another guy, I won't mention his name, who was basically his follower and created pretty much the same company. And because I worked in there, I saw what happened in the background. So the typical pitch is create a massive following by being controversial. Very massive. And then so that following, that's your 10,000 loyal fans or whatever. Either like extend your tight or something, yeah. Exactly. Sell them a product. Yeah. Right? And so the product that got sold was, hey, don't buy properties in the middle of nowhere. Don't buy these house and land packages. Don't buy any of that, which, you know, there was 70 to 80% good advice, which is like any good conspiracy theory, <laughs> that 20% is what gets you. Is what gets you, right? And so they're like by middle ring or in a, you're close to the city. And consequently, they used to take people out on bus tours. Yeah. Right? You know where I'm heading <laughs> with this, right? The bus tour scam, right? Uh, I call it the bus tour. If you have to get on a bus, don't do it. And there's, a, there's a whole ecosystem scam, yes. there, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm sure you're aware, but the listeners out there and the viewers out there, Basically, they they end up selling you apartments, yeah. Which are usually the agents keeping about fifty, sixty thousand. The company that's selling it to you is keeping about you know eighty thousand, yeah. And by that time, you've already paid almost two hundred thousand dollars extra on top of the apartment 100%. that isn't built yet. So you make some equity on the way in, yeah. But you're two hundred thousand. You're only gonna at what get what fifty, sixty k of that back, like mm. back. You're still short for by over a hundred thousand. And guess what? If you're buying an off the plan apartment, for those that haven't realized what the scam is, and townhouses work the same way, mm. if there's a valuation shortfall at the end, guess who's liable? I'll extend to this, right? And I saw one of the buyers agents doing this recently, and I'm not going to name names. You would have probably seen these ads outside as well. Okay. So this is what they were doing. Okay. They'll bring you in, they'll say, We charge you. $20,000, but we'll get you this money back from the builder or we'll get you this money in the deal coming back to you so you don't pay us anything, okay? And what they'll do is they'll go out 
buy a brand new product, the house and land, whatever that looks like, they'll basically push the price up by 20K for that particular product, ask the builder to give the rebate as an actual rebate to the contract. They'll print out a big freaking check, hold it with the client and say, this is you getting your money back. I want to know where they get these big checks. Like, the, it was crazy. Like, I was like, people are super smart when it comes to scamming people, right? Because, yes, you know, you're just proving to the client that, hey, you, you didn't pay anything to us, right? The, the, the builder did. You know, we got you a discount for $20,000, but re- did, you, did you really? Or did you just jacked up the price by 20 and just dropped it back, right? Uh, that, that's unfortunately the, the truth. And, but the all equalizer for everything is going to be valuation. Yes, and valuation is what's going to determine whether it's a good product or not. But typically, see, this is where I would slightly disagree, right? What they do is, and and this is nothing to do with, like, I I 100% agree with that the valuation is where the game is, right? The valuation is going to dictate this. But the valuers are being conned right now at the same time, right? And I'll explain to you why, because I saw this happening in a particular development recently. And so what they did was in this particular scenario where they were selling, I think maybe 30 or 50 or 100 of them, right? These house and land packages, the first six or eight or 10 had a valuation shortfall. Mm. So the value went out and said, hey, this is not what it's supposed to be. But they still settled because the property was purchased. And so the person paid slightly higher amount. And so the, and typically when you go to realestate.com, search on that address, you would see that these properties were sold for $600,000, but you don't see the valuation there, right? Mm -hmm. And so after the first 10, when the next value goes and checks what is the price point in these particular areas, he thinks that the price point is 600. And voila, the valuation starts working. And so this cycle is something that I'm seeing consistently everywhere these days. Happened the first time I saw exactly what you described, Queensland. Yeah. Brisbane, Southeast Queensland, the, the, you don't just have to it's be the worried first about the 10 sharks. suckers. Well, you don't have to worry about the sharks in the water. You yeah. have to worry about the sharks on land <laughs> over there, right? Um, the ones on land are even more dangerous, especially like I see this heaps of times. And I was speaking to a client the other day who was getting absolutely conned by people trying to sell in Queensland. Yeah. Yes, the buying's cheap. Yes, the numbers might look good on paper. Yeah. Good luck with future longevity on it. And if you want, I can deliver it. Would you like me to elaborate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. So, client, you know, he came, he did onboarding, he did the, a small deposit onboarding. And part of our process is we go through a strategy session with, he says, I refuse to fill out strategy sessions. Other people are offering better value than you. I'm like, oh, how specifically, right? Yeah. I'd like to see someone, if, if someone's off, someone's offering a better product than I am, I want to know. Like, 100%. That's genuine curiosity. Definitely. I said, show me the product. And so he showed me the product and there was this one guy out there who claims that his company that he's worked with helps tenant over a thousand people last year yeah. in the NDI space. Sure. And I know that's <laughs> Right? Because in all of Queensland, there's only, off the top of my head, about three and a half thousand people with with. Funding for housing in NDIs. Yeah. Three and a half thousand. That's it. That's nothing. Yeah. And if you're saying that your company's tenanting a thousand of them. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. Because we're one of the largest providers. Yeah. Unless they're going around, you know, um, 
chopping people's legs off and creating disability. Yes. Magical, magical. Magically. Right. And look, no disrespect to disabled people. Like, you know, sometimes you need to think logically think yeah. about some of these things. I'm like, so how did he tell in a thousand places? That's not possible. In fact, here's the data. You want data? Here's actual vacancy data on Southeast Queensland. There's currently a 30 to 50%. I think actually closer to 50%. Wow. In most of Southeast Queensland, vacancy-wise. Wow. And I'm like, even if we don't do business together, I'm happy to refund your money right now. Just don't do a Queensland for India. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, but this guy said, I'm like, cool, go with him then. You're smart enough not to go with him. Oh, what about these other guys promising $200,000? So well, let me break it down for you a little bit. Yeah. This 200000 exists only in certain parts of Australia. The NDIS is paying a risk fee for that. That's why the rent is higher. And they're claiming you can literally take the money out of people's food Right, because they're claiming that you can take part of their, uh, their, their disability support pension and yeah. keep that for yourself. Mm. Now, as a landlord on paper, yes, you can. But should you do that? I think that's unethical. Crossing the line, right? right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, because your rent income's a lot less than 200000 I'm like, how greedy do you really want to be? You're spending under a million dollars on the property and you want $200,000 income. There's something fishy about those numbers. 100%. Even the best commercial property doesn't return. 100%. 100%. And it's it's true. I think a lot of buyers agents, you know, they cross the line, right? Um, they play on both sides. You know, they are getting money from one side. Uh, they're getting kickbacks from, you know, the developers, the builders, the architects, etc. All of these, you know, kickbacks that happens in the background. And I always say to people, you know, understand what you're getting into, right? If you are not sure, ask them point blank as to, you know, are you getting a kickback or a commission from the back end, right? And legally... They should be disclosing you if they are getting any money back from, you know, and, and it's okay. Sometimes, or majority of the times, if they are doing the effort, there is nothing wrong with that, right? But why double dip? You know, just yeah. be upfront and be honest about, okay, there is a project management cost yeah. in meme project managing the whole deal, right? And if house and land is something that you desperately want, then so be it. There's nothing wrong with that. I tell people exactly how much I make. So yeah. There's nothing to, as, as you said. If you're doing the right thing, why be ashamed? Yeah. And as I said at the start of the podcast, right, there is enough money on the table for people to share, right? You know, you don't need to be greedy and have the whole cake, yeah. right? You can share the love with other people. Let's talk about bias agent. I think this is uh, an interesting story around bias agents, right? So, and I'm a bias agent myself. So trashing bias agents is basically me spitting in the air and, you know, the spit coming back to me basically, right? And so one of the parts of the business is definitely buyer's agency. But this is uh, the, the red flags that I see in the buyer's agencies, okay? I've seen people out there who have been operating less than three years, okay? They started off somewhere in 2018, 19, some big names, I tell you, right? In the buyer's agency space. You only started in 2018, 2019, uh, and they spent a ton of money on marketing, pretend a really, really big game. They didn't even have a portfolio of their own when they started, okay? They some of them still don't. Yeah, potentially. Yes, 100%. They grew their portfolio. Some of the Bayesians grew and their portfolio on house and land packages. And I was like, like, this is like next level, right? You're pretending that you know it all. And, uh, and this is what your portfolio looks like, right? They did all the learnings on the client learning, right? And so the first clients at 5,000, 2,000, 8,000, whatever they charge, basically, that's where their learnings came from. It's not coming in from their own personal experiences. They haven't never seen multiple property cycles. So the only cycles that they've seen is from 2019, pre-COVID, just before COVID, 
to the boom in the COVID, you know, right now in 2023, that's one cycle that they've seen where the only place that they've seen the market go is up. They've never seen the market tank. They've never seen the higher interest rate rises. And so basically they're out in the wild west right now, you know, with interest rate rises because they don't know what they don't know. If they talk a big game about portfolios and data, they might have acquired some properties over the last sort of four or five years, caught a lot of equity like everyone has. You know, I say this out in, in, in open that anyone who hasn't made more than 40% or 50% in their property portfolio over the last three years, they've done something terribly, terribly wrong yes. right in their property portfolio because that's how the market is or was. You know, you touch and, and it's turned into gold literally, right? You know, yes. between COVID and non-COVID. Big marketing games buy properties in low socioeconomic areas and pretend that, you know, they're investor grade products and this is how you should be doing it, etc. Talk a bit about that. It's really interesting. I, I've seen I've seen these newer agents come up and look, as far as I'm concerned, you're in my role as property as actual property mentors, which mm. is what we are. And I know there's other people who call themselves property mentors, but I'm Here's the difference between a mentor and a coach. A coach will show you how to do it. A mentor's been like, he's like, been there, done that. Yeah. Right? We've been there, done that. We can guide you and navigate you, not through the great times. Because yes. honestly, a fluffy white dog could guide you the right way, right? <laughs> That's the best analogy I could think of, right? It's not hard to do well in an up market. Yes. How do you do well in a sideways and down market? Yes. That's what a property mentor can guide you through. Definitely. How do you trust someone who hasn't been through a down market? Yeah. How do you trust that kind of person? How do you trust someone that hasn't made mistakes themselves? So if you want to like, ask these property mentors, right? Yeah. If you want to find out if they're a scam or not, my opinion is ask them. Tell me about your worst mistake. I totally, totally agree, right? Anyone can swim in a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's about the analogy. Yeah, it's about swimming in the ocean, right? That's where the real trouble is, right? And when I, you know, one of the first questions that you should always ask a buyer's agent who is helping you build a property portfolio typically is how long have you been in the industry for, right? You know, were you, you know, I, I uh, my father used to always say whenever there is rains, there is a lot of moths, you know, there is a lot of flies, right? And so typically that's what COVID did, right? There is so many of them out there because of that COVID rain that literally happened, right? And so ask them, how long have they been doing this? You know, how long? And if they have not been operating for at least eight years or 10 years, I think just turn off the conversation, like seriously, because there is a lot of risk in a lot of this space, right? Typically understand who their mentors are as well, because, you know, no one, you know, basically starts from scratch, right? No one basically says that they have never made a mistake. Anyone who says that, hey, I'm the most pious, I'm the prophet of the property and I've never made a mistake and I'm the infallible in the property industry. You know, they are freaking lying to the teeth, right? If you haven't made a mistake in the property and if they can't share mistakes in the property with you, then clearly they're lying, right? And so these are some of the questions, you know, ask them about their property portfolio. How is their property portfolio doing? How extensive is their experience, right? How complicated have they been in this property space, right? You know, you are a pioneer in NDIS. You know, you were there when NDIS wasn't even in their infancy, right? Yes. And so typically that's what you want your mentor to be. That's what you, you want your buyer's agent to be. That's what you want the property you guy to be, right? So many things from the first 20 builds. Hmm. And we, we, won't, we will never build like that again. 100%. But that's where the rest of the market is right now. There are, 
what we were six, seven. That's years exactly ago. because they're trying to yes. reinvent the wheel, right? And same with development, right? I talk about developments, you know, that I did in 2012, 2013, and there were so many learnings, right? I was talking to my project manager today, and he's like, "Moss, how do you know some of this stuff?" And I was like, "Because I've been burnt by this man." You know, you remember those, you know, snake bites, your those lizard bites, you know, those stinging bee bites. These are the learnings, right? You know, I use this analogy of, you know, going to a war and getting shot a thousand times, right? And you can show these, you know, war wounds to everyone saying, well, this is the wound and this is why I remember this, that I should never do this in, ever in my life. And so you're 100% right. You know, in the NDIS space, you see a lot of people making the same mistakes that you made 10 years ago, right? And you'd be like, you're such an idiot. Why are you doing this, right? Yes. And, and this is the thing, right? There's a lot of sales agents and... I think we'll link it to other sales agents later, but there's a lot of sales agents in this space going, here, build a property. And then the question you should be asking is, well, how are you going to get the money? And with that same client I was speaking about earlier, I said, did you find out who the SDA company is? Because you're going to have a relationship with them for 20 years. Oh, no, they said that our SDA company will take care of it. I'm like, you better do your research on the company you've got to have a 20-year relationship with. Google their directors. Because <laughs> I know the company he's dealing with, the other company he's looking at, I know the director's been bankrupt before. Really? Right? And so I wouldn't trust something where director's gone bankrupt. That's just my personal Definitely. Opinion, Definitely. Right? There might be some great people that have had that experience, and that's just not my pathway, nor one I wish my clients to go down. So when we made some wrong decisions seven years ago, realizing actually how hard it was, I stopped selling every single property and put 100% of my focus on fulfillment. On Fulfillment. Yeah, 100%. Because you, until you fulfill your promises, you're, you're just a glorified sales agent. 100%. Now, speaking of which, I was speaking to another sales agent the other day, and you see this all the time, I'm sure. They're selling you know, some form of rooming housing. I said, you know your numbers are kind of out of whack. Yeah. Right? There's no way you're getting $400 in this regional location for one room in a five-bedroom house. Mm. There's, there's just no way you're going to get it's you do it two outside, two hours outside of a metro in that particular area. There's just no way. You yeah. Know. He's like, I don't really give a sh is what he told me. And that's the thing, right? I think I'm a big believer of ecosystems. I believe that, you know, if a person offers an ecosystem, that means that they understand the game end to end. Yes. Right? That's the power of the ecosystem. Or they would not offer you everything in-house, in-build you know, for you to take you through the whole journey because they have gone through this process numerous number of times, thousands and thousands of times, right? I get really nervous when I see a person flogging house and land packets, flogging co-living spaces, flogging NDIS properties because they don't have a, they don't have an ecosystem in place. They are only glorified sales agent at the very end. Yes. And if hits the fan, they're the first people who disappear out of thin air, right? Because, you know, they have a phony company that can turn off and you know, all of these guarantees that they bring in on the table, all of a sudden they disappear as well because those guarantees are from a company that was created two seconds ago anyway. Yeah, can we talk about guarantees? Yeah, please, talking? yeah. I think guarantees. And, you know, once again, using your analogy, I'm, I'm spitting in the air and hoping it doesn't land me because I give my clients guarantees too, but I know I can back them up. And there's reasons why you need to ask if someone's providing a guarantee, what's behind them? 100%. Right? 100%. And if they've been in this space for the grand total of two minutes, yeah, right, uh, and they've given you a rental guarantee, it's not even worth the time it's taken to explain that guarantee. 100%. You know, 
And how is that guarantee coming into effect is yeah. quite important as well. I was talking to this prospect the other day, right? And uh, they were talking a really, really big game, asking really smart questions, right? And so I said, look, I'm happy to answer all of them. And I did answer all of them. But I, I paused them in the middle of it. And I said, do you want to talk a bit about your property portfolio? Because asking amazing questions. I just want to learn a bit more about what you've done so far. And he's like, I bought a display home three years ago uh, with a rental guarantee in place. And I was like, huh? How can you? Like, you've been asking so smart questions. Mm -hmm. You're drilling me in the right direction. And that makes a lot more sense. You're going towards an evidence-based decision. So what were you thinking when you bought a display home with a rental guarantee in place? And he's like, oh, I had no risk for 12 months and this guarantee was there. And I was like, Okay, so he bumped up the price and gave you that money back through the rent. And after 12 months, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I, I sold it. And I was like, and so how is that? How do, how do I even comprehend that? And I just, you know, like people lose their credibility right away. Like I'd be like, well, okay, I thought you were a really astute investor, but now I'm going to classify you as a first-time investor because you just, you know, told me that you have made such a stupid mistake that you should never have made in the past. And so with guarantees, yes, it's important that who is standing behind that, but how long do they go for as well? You know, ultimately, I see guarantees as, you know, the warranties on the car, right? Yeah. You know, seven-year warranties, five years warranties that the car providers give, right? They, they are signaling to the people that our product is so good that it's not going to fail for seven years, right? That's why they're giving the warranty. And so typically the rental guarantees are not there because the, the person providing the rental guarantee wants you to use it. They are there because they are signaling to the market that, hey, I am putting my company's name behind this guarantee because I know I never have to pay this because my numbers are crisp and clear and transparent. That's if they're not a scam. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, and, and so I consider guarantees, and most feel free to agree or disagree, I would consider a guarantee a unsophisticated investor. Yes, agree. Yeah. It's, I mean, as I said, you know, guarantee is basically there for a peace of mind, right? Yes. People want guarantees because they are too naive to know how guarantees work, right? No one is going to give you a 200,000 guarantee on a single product without believing in that product, right? And unless they are scammers, right? Unless, you know, they have a company set up two minutes ago um, and, you know, they are using that company to, to basically provide guarantees. Well, actually, speaking of which, I, I was approached by someone uh, and I won't mention the number of properties, but let's just say it was more than 50 and less than 100, right? Um, without giving away the name of the company. <laughs> there was another NDIS company, like a care provider, effectively guaranteeing the rent on these properties and they went off to market and sold so many of them, so many, and they were in the newspapers as well for, for exactly this reason that they went off and sold so many. And at the end of the build, the company that was supposed to provide the guarantee decided that they couldn't find enough tenants. So they would say these houses weren't good enough. Really? And wow. so you had over 50 investors sitting there, sitting there with that. properties that weren't really built for the right purpose, yeah. were promised a yield. I won't give you the number of the yield because that'll give away the company. Mm. They were promised a yield that never eventuated. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So 
it, it is really important to ask, who is the company providing the guarantee? 100%. And by the way, if you Google that company, that's probably the guarantee that you'll find out that the director had been back. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Another thing that I've seen a lot of property advisors do is, you know, go and take people on a ride on buying these cheap properties in mining towns, right? $200,000 property, $150,000 property in mining towns. And I'm just so surprised that people's memory is so short term. You know, they haven't seen Perth in 2015 that, you know, they all of a sudden forget that, you know, the mining has a seasonality to it. And there are times when the mining towns would do really well. And then there would be other times where the mining town wouldn't do really well, right? You know, there are people buying in Bunbury and Geraldton and all of these mining town areas or flood zone areas where, you know, you're buying and picking $200,000 property claiming victories when they grow by $30,000 and saying that, hey, my property has grown by 30%. Yeah, yeah, in percentage, it's great. But, you know, this property is like, you know, you would rather put money on the red, right? Go to Crown Casino and put money on the red, basically. That's what it is, right? The 200000 versus 50000 or 30000 in the times where there is no rentals and vacancy rates are as high as like 20 30% in some of these towns. Exactly. And look, that's why... I'm not, and look, everyone's got a different opinion. My personal opinion is I don't like regional towns with the exception of major regional centers. Right? Definitely. So if we're talking Victoria, Melbourne, number one. Then at a pinch, you might decide Ballarat and Bendigo. But that's kind of it. If you're investing in the middle of Timbuktu, as the saying goes, <laughs> I just don't expect to be there the long term. My preference always is that if you're given a choice between regional and metro, always go metro, right? But there are definitely towns in regional areas that are doing or have done significantly well. Like, you know, no one ever thought about investing in Geelong before. No one would have even thought about investing in Ballarat before. Or, you know, you go to Warragul or, or you go to Shepparton. You know, some of these towns were no new names, right? There was no even, you know, people never used to even talk about, them, right? But they've grown eventually, right? And so the idea is to grow, buy there when there is enough demand in the area. You know, don't just buy there because, hey, they're going to grow one day, right? And the idea is to follow the data to that extent that you understand that there is enough infrastructure coming in, right? A lot of people think that every regional town is going to be Geelong. Mm. And that's not the case, right? And that's the important differentiation between a town that is going to be a major regional hub versus a town that is never going to be that, right? I see people buying in Mildura and like nothing is going to ever happen in Mildura. It's, it's, it's a food industry right in the middle of nowhere. And so nothing is ever going to happen. Oh, but grew the last three. Yes. I mean, 100%. Look, ultimately, if you think about, if you think about property, right? You give it 20 years, everything yes. is going to grow, right? And so one of the examples that I give to people is go out and buy graves. If you are in that long-term mindset, buy graves. I bought graves, you know, in my culture, we buy graves, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we buy graves because we are known to buy graves well before you die, right? And That's so no idea. I bought graves in 2016 for 1650 Those graves right now are $11,500. Great investment. That's a hundred percent. The demand is never stopping, my friend, and the <laughs> supply is, is finished, right? So of course the price is going one direction, right? <laughs> so yeah, if that is something that you know floats your boat, then yeah, hundred percent. You know, I own four of these, so yeah, coffee, right? So just don't invest in olive trees. I mean, 
talk about a scam that some financial planners try to get you into. Uh, be really careful, like <laughs> olive trees and so just you hear the weirdest scams out there. Hundred percent. And let's go back to the crux of all of this. The way does this all started, right? And I always say that because of the unregulated industry, when you talk about real estate licensing, etc., everything, buyers agents are coming in like months after month. There is thousands and thousands of buyers agents in the making right now, right? You know, through real estate agency courses that are available out there. You know, there are buyers agency courses that are available out there. There are ways to get licenses and bypass through some of these, you know, tricky bits of, you know, requirements around compliance for licenses. And all of the people who are in the industry know about this, right? And, you know, I am almost sort of to that edge of the world where I think about, okay, I don't trust these licenses anymore because these licenses means nothing, right? Typically, you know, you talk about property investment, QPIA license or even real estate license, right? I know that, you know, these, I, I understand now how these people are getting these licenses. And so where does the interest, how do you ultimately go around validating that, okay, you know, they are not trained. These people have done a course that costed them X amount of money. They are claiming that they know everything. All they are doing is trying to basically walk out of their nine to five job and they're trying to create a business, which is fine. There is a better way to do this rather than practicing it on normal people. How about you go out and work for some bigger buyers agency? How about you go out and work for property developers? How about you go out and work for, you know, big name companies and, you know, get some runs on the boards like any other businesses would do, right? You know, there is no shame in doing that. You know, I, I feel sort of almost conflicted with these people. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a funny story that I was talking to a client the other day and they were comparing us to someone that I knew only started two years ago. And of course, you know, amazing marketing, amazing branding, you know, people talk the big game. And uh, I said to them, look, if you are convinced that they'll service you better, please go. Like, I'm not desperate to get you, right? But, you know, do your research. I don't think that you've done your enough research to understand who you're comparing to. You're comparing like an Apple to a Chinese phone. Like, come on, like you can't do that. that that's a disrespect to myself. Chinese phone has more features. Yeah, and 100%, if that's what interests you, that's fine, you know. But do you want more features or do you want a phone that's actually going to last you more than 10 minutes? Exactly, yeah. So it's, it, it ultimately comes down to that as to how do you create that credibility. And so let's talk a bit about that. What are the key red flags? What are the key things that, you know, we are going to ask when you talk about, okay, if a person comes to you, uh, and we have talked about this in you know various forms, you know all through the podcast, you know three key things from your perspective. You know, if a person on the other side is selling you something or providing you a service in real estate, well, firstly, look, I don't think there's any more regulation that can be added to the industry without turning it into a crazy world because financial planners are regulated. Yet most financial planners, you and I both know. <laughs> have no idea about their own personal wealth, right? So I don't think more regulation is, is going to solve it. solve it. Now let's talk about three red flags. Number one, if they're taking you on a bus tour, don't. Just don't. <laughs> don't go on a bus tour, right? Let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. If they're doing these bus tours, then there's enough money to hire a luxury bus for a reason. Yeah. Right? The second red 
flag is anti Google. Well, Google yeah. anti, as, as we call it, call it in our culture. Just Google someone in this day and age. And if it, there's a company, and if you can't find their directors, I've literally seen this. Uh, here's a generic 1300 phone number. Mm. You can't find the directors. All of their offices are in like business parks and stuff yeah. like that. Honestly, if you can't find the directors, you can't Google the directors, and you can't see what the owners of the company have invested in, then that's a huge red flag. Because remember, do as I do, as I do should be the mantra Definitely. for most of these property mentors that you're dealing with. And the third biggest red flag is honestly guarantee. <laughs> I consider that a red flag. You should check it out and go, cool, definitely guarantee for what reason? And some guarantees are reasonable. Yeah. But a guarantee is designed. And I, once again, I'm, I'm probably doing myself a disservice. I do offer some guarantee. But a guarantee is designed to entice an unsophisticated investor. 100%. Right? Definitely. A, Def- real, a, a real question should be what's, okay, why are you able to offer this? Tell me why you're able to. And how are you risk mitigating, right? Yes. I think that's the important yes. smart questions. You know, how do I risk mitigate myself? What is an exit strategy looking like from my perspective? You know, yes. those are the questions that you would want to hear from an investor who is sophisticated enough to understand these products. That's right. Look, from my perspective, the three key things, and I'll talk the three key things. The first one is more in the development space. I see developers offering returns on a monthly basis. It's the biggest scam in the life. Okay, No developers can ever give you a monthly return. And anyone who does that, understand that they are running a Ponzi scheme. Okay, Developers make their money when the development gets sold, right? And so if they're offering any sophisticated investors monthly returns, quarterly returns, or even annual returns before the project actually finishes, understand what they're doing is they're pooling up the money, they're collecting more than what's required, and they're using that money to basically pay off your your own people. And so it's the biggest red, red flag out of all. The second important thing from my perspective is, you know, again, do the research, but understand how long have they been operating in this space? You know, if they've been here for two minutes, uh, they've been here since 2018, 19, you know, shut, shut the Zoom, you know, end call, you know, in the Zoom is the button, just hit it, right? Because you want to talk to people who have seen multiple property cycles. You want to talk to people who have learned from the best, who have seen from the best, who are not just glorified advertisers, who are not just glorified marketeers who haven't built their portfolios on the client's profile, right? Yes, they might be talking a big game right now, and yes, they might have a portfolio right now, but understand that because they don't have enough runs on the board in relation to number of years, the years, while I, I, I agree, and you know, one of the questions that someone asked me was that number of years do not replicate experience. You know, people would have, you know, lived for 10 years and be in this industry for 10 years and have no runs on the board. I agree, I don't disagree. Uh, but typically, it's also important to understand what have they been doing in those number of years, right? If they've seen multiple property cycle, how did they navigate the ups and downs, right? Are they selling uh, a unified product is, again, you know, an important sort of giveaway. From my perspective, if you don't bring an ecosystem to the place, that means that, you know, the, you are creating the risk in the client's profile, right? Uh, there is a lot of buyers agents who basically provide a very transactional service. Um, there is all, a lot of NDIS providers who would just say, oh, we'll just sell you the house and you go out and find your own SDA providers, right? If they are giving you a transactional service, stay away from them. Okay? The market is not 
is matured enough now to basically look out for a much bigger value proposition where you can be looked after an ecosystem on a much more longer term basis. Can I? You said something really powerful. Mm. And I want to just reiterate it in, in my own words because I think that's something that every single viewer, listener should take out of this. Look for a relationship, not a transaction. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, the, it's the crux of you know, the whole of the property industry world, right? If the person is there two years down the track, three years down the track, four years down the track, they will hold themselves accountable. You will hold themselves accountable. If they are scared to even meet you in person or share their address with you or, you know, scared to even get you in their office, know that, you know, they'll disappear in thin air in the next two to three years, right? And so how do you hold them accountable is by building a relationship-driven uh, a relationship-driven business, right? And that's what you want to transact with because then you're sharing accountability, you're sharing ownership in a certain way, and you can hold them accountable two years, three years down the track saying, hey, you bought this for me. This is not doing what it's supposed to do. So what do I do right now, yes. right? And again, you know, as part of the overall journey, yes, you know, there would be some decisions that you would make that are really, really good. And you might not need some of these, you know, uh, people in your property investment journey. As you said, you know, property investment journey, a lot of people can, are doing some really great work in the education space, in the property development space, in the mentoring space. I have some really good mentors in this space as well. And so understand that it's not, you know, we are not wiping everyone through the same slide. We are basically looking through the lens of what is happening out there in the market right now. Any parting words before I close? I just like, you know, the, just as one thing that you said, one thing that you said really has almost impacted me in a way that I will actually make sure that I put it out there and that's look for a relationship, not a transaction. Thank you very much. This is where we are going to close. For listeners, viewers, and the people who are tuning in till the very end, please leave comments as to what stories do you have to share. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. If you want to reach out to Goro Goro, please give a shout out to where they can find you. Well, easiest place is LinkedIn or Facebook under Goro Gupta. For the Indians out there, it's actually spelled G-O-R-O, not the other way that you're thinking of. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or check out our website, uh, 10 Properties in 10 Years. Either one is fine. And I think it's really important that do the research on every single person. 100%. Thank you for listening to us. Keep smiling, keep investing, stay safe, take care. This is Moss and Goro checking out. Adios. Mm -hmm.